If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the latest edition of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where I talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like or do or think about that's just not sports. I'm your host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. And welcome back, everyone, to yet another installment in the latest season. Appreciate the, uh, shall we say, indulgences of the early part of the season for me as I broke down Mad Men, Tori Amos, some some longtime fan phase. Now, today, today's show, digging into another personal passion point, movies. Once upon a time, I was a a I was a cinephile. I was a entertainment writer at the uh I was the entertainment editor at a newspaper and part of my job responsibilities was watching movies and then writing about said movies with my opinions. Fun fact about me, I think I only gave three or four movies four out of four stars. One was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. One, I think, was the first Incredibles. And then I think Fog of War, the Errol Morris stock. And then probably, oh, I don't know, probably Aeon Flux. No. I did not give Aeon Flux four stars, despite Charlize's best efforts. I did give Aeon Flux, I think it was the only one I ever gave zero stars to, and I won an award for that. <laughs> so, the air quotes media, uh, you heard it here first, uh, hates Charlize Theron. Okay, so we're talking movies today, but who are we talking it with? That would be one Cody Miller. Cody Miller is a swimmer, and he is a swimming superstar. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a multiple-time, uh, he's a multiple-time medalist at the World Championships, and he's also someone who's been doing some really, really interesting things with his social media presence. A, a, a little bit more than a year ago, he launched his vlog, and he was very much of the, um, uh, you know, sort of that verite. Uh, here's my whole life. I'm not just sitting and talking to you. I'm like bringing you along with everything that I go and do in the kind of like the Casey Neistat style of vlogging. And it was one of the most, I found, compelling efforts an athletes made to actually bring their fan base into their own world. And ever since then, I've been following Cody, I've been following his vlog, and he recently launched a new podcast all about movies. And if you watch his vlog, you know he's a movie fan. He's got posters up in the garage of movies. He talks about seeing movies. Cody is a huge movie buff, so he recently started this podcast. It's called Best Movie, Worst Movie. And what they do, what he and his co-hosts do, is they sit down and they choose a uh, topic for the week. Marvel movies, action movies, whatever it's going to be. And then they they share their pick for what's the best version of that that I've seen and what's the worst version of that that I've seen. And one of the things I first told him was, hey, I actually really like that idea. I mean, I know when you hear, oh, so-and-so started a movie podcast, you think, okay, like everybody doing the same movie podcast or doing a same bad movie podcast. But I actually liked it. I thought, I thought their in here was was original. Uh, you could, if you if you listen to it, you can tell. I mean, Cody's a passionate guy. He's an energetic, positive guy. So he brings a lot of that like enthusiasm to talking about movies. So we get into it. We talk about the podcast, how he came up with it. We talk about his overall love 
of films, of movies, what what he's drawn to, what he's not drawn to. We talk about the art of ripping a movie without uh, being too cynical. We talk about Harry Potter and how we've had Lily King, uh, fellow gold medalist and his uh, his training cohort on the show before to talk about Harry Potter. So we break down, you know, what do they debate? <laughs> what do they what do they fight about in the Harry Potter universe? Those two. Um, and other stuff, just about being a vlogger, about sharing his life, and about how um, athletes are sort of breaking down that barrier between their fans and their world. So it's a lot of fun. I had a good time talking to Cody. I think you're going to enjoy it. You can enjoy some good old-fashioned movie talk. Dusting off the critical chops uh, that have laid so dormant for me since my newspaper days. It was a good time. Okay, so check out the interview with Cody. Then stick around. Afterwards, I'll be back to distract you. As someone who's like followed your, you know, vlog since you and YouTube channel since you started it, um, I was excited to see you get into podcasts and and specifically, I was excited to see you talking movies because I know this is like near and dear to your heart. You know, you've talked about a, a lot about your passion for movies, you know, on your YouTube channel. That said, so many people get into the podcasting space without sort of a like unownable idea. That's why I was kind right. of pumped up to see, you know, best movie, worst movie. I. I instantly kind of, oh yeah, I, I get it. Like this is rich fodder. It seems you guys have really kind of thought this out. Where did the inspiration for the show come from? How'd you align around that specific angle to, to movies talk? So, I mean, yeah, like you said, I'm a huge movie fan. Um, I kind of grew, that was kind of my bonding experiences with my parents growing up and I'm just like a big, big film buff. And, um, I've, I've always wanted to do something where, you know, I'm talking about movies. I mean, that's kind of what I like to do for fun. Yep. And um, I met a guy named John Campia, um, the co-host of the show, a few years back, and he and I became friends. And um, then he introduced me to Robert, who I'd seen on various YouTube channel shows talking about, you know, nerd culture and, and movies and you know, <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek kind of stuff. And I was like, man, like I would really get along with this guy. And um, John and I talked for a long time about trying to do something together, but we just didn't really know what, because John does a full-time YouTube show mm -hmm. um, where he talks about current movie news and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, we just kind of spitballed ideas and, and kind of landed around like, well, let's just take categories and talk about the things that we love and hate about those categories. And then it kind of evolved into what has now become best movie, worst movie, which, you know, so our most recent category was, you know, the year of 2012. And we each picked our favorite movie of that year and then kind of debated our merits and reasons for believing that our movies are the favorite of that year, the best movie that, that year, and then the worst movie. And, and it's just kind of just like three friends just you know sitting around talking movies. And that's honestly what I love doing. And um, we're getting a lot of really positive feedback from you know all the listeners, which has been super cool because it's the first time that I've ever really stepped outside of um, the swimming comfort zone that I kind of live in, you know, everything mm -hmm. that I kind of do is pretty much revolving around swimming. And this is totally outside of that. Um, but it's still in my wheelhouse. Cause like I said, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big film buff, but, um, that's kind of how it started. I mean, John and I just wanted to do something for a long time and, um, and man, I'm just really pumped about it. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's going well. I was curious to hear what the tone was going to be. Um, you know, there's so many movie podcasts that are either comedy, snarky, whatever. It feels like, though, even when you guys were sort of... Because I've listened to all of the, of the three episodes that I'd seen to date. I, I, it uh -huh. feels like when you guys were talking even about the worst movies, it was... 
like you were still having fun with it. It wasn't just a, yeah. a, a hatchet job. So I, I mean, you're a positive guy overall. At least that's the you know at least that's what you exude on your <laughs> channel. So how yeah. do you how do you sort of balance you know um you know you know this format which gets you into some of the truly terrible parts of the film industry with your just overall kind of enthusiasm for for films. Yeah, well, I think that John, Robert, and I all kind of share the same feeling towards you know just just. Just generally being, I mean, you can, we, we all understand one big fundamental thing that I think all film fans need to understand. And that is that like film in itself is extremely, completely 100% subjective. So what I think is amazing, someone else might think that same thing sucks. And there is no measurable quantitative piece of data that can prove otherwise. And therefore everything in film is subjective. So we all kind of understand that and, and understand that, you know, we're going to have differences of opinions, but we, we, we have a good time talking about them anyway. And that's kind of the fun. Like sometimes it's, it's fun when you find that something that I love, like in our recent episode, um, I really liked the, the alien spinoff Prometheus um, and Robert hated it. <laughs> yeah. Like he really hated it. And I find that kind of funny, like you kind of pick at him a little bit about it. Um, and that's okay. Like I, I think part of the fun of the podcast and one benefit of the podcast um, is that it just kind of shows that, I mean, you can have differences and, and still be friends. <laughs> like it's okay. <laughs> right. Cause, cause I think we kind of live in a culture in a world right now where a lot of film fandom online, um, tends to skew negative and people, people aren't okay with disagreeing with one another. It's like, you know, like the backlash and the hate towards the most recent Star Wars movie is so ridiculous. Like, can't people just understand that some people don't like it and some people do? And like, that's OK. We can all right. still be friends. And um, and that's what John, Robert and I have kind of, you know, we, we kind of all agree. And sh like I said, share that sentiment. So, you know, we're definitely going to get into some pretty heated arguments. But at the end of the day, <laughs> like, we're still buddies. And it like it, it, and it doesn't really matter. Like we're, we're talking about movies. And ultimately, it's, you know, it's just for fun. So we, we try to keep it light. We try to keep it fun. And as you said, we try to keep it really positive. I mean, everything I try to do, I try to be super positive about it. And, um, you know, that's just kind of how I like to approach things. Yeah, that really it pulled through in the, your first episode with the Marvel movies, because I think you were pretty candid, like, hey, I'm going to have to name one that's the worst, but I kind of still enjoy them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a, but that's such a true thing, because... Uh, I mean, if if we don't really need to get into it now, but I mean, listen to the podcast if you want to know. But they don't really make bad movies; they just don't. So that, <laughs> you know, it's just it is what it is. Uh, your '80s uh, episode, when you get into Jim Cotta, I I'm just curious. It, you as an Olympic athlete, I mean, clearly that's a <laughs> cult classic favorite. But how much is that a movie that um, Olympians are even sort of aware of? Given you know, you guys are all. I mean, it's a it's a it's a very tight knit circle for for you know not just people who've been to the Olympics, but like you know that medalist uh, you know highest tier. How right. aware were you of that of that film and its legacy before you sort of picked it up and tried it out? So I, I had honestly no idea. Um, I kind of tell the story on the podcast. Um, you know, my roommate and I were just kind of going through an 80s action movie phase where we were renting movies at the you know local rental place. And my, my roommate, who was also, you know, a division one high level swimmer, um, was like, dude, this movie stars an Olympic gymnast. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> we were like, OK, it's going to be great. <laughs> like we watched it. Right. It's just it's comically bad. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything about it before watching it. And I think that might have made it even more great with the exception of seeing the cover and seeing that it starred a real life Olympic gymnast, um, <laughs> you know, and then, and then it's so funny though, because like, because you know, my co-hosts on the show, John and Robert, I mean, they're, they're quite a bit, they're a little bit older than I am, you know, like I'm from a totally different generation. And so Robert can share, can share stories about how he actually went and saw this movie in theaters, like with a date in the eighties, you know, like before I was born and. <laughs> <laughs> us to kind of still bond over that and have like either different or you know similar experiences with those movies i mean it's, it's kind of fun it's kind of something that just kind of brings people together which you know i i enjoy when are we going to get swim kata you know like what <laughs> good god i mean if there's one thing that i learned from jim kata it's that just because you're a great uh a great athlete does not mean you're a great <laughs> great actor and um although i would definitely do it if someone offered it towards me i would recognize that it probably wouldn't be very good because i would be a terrible actor um i think everyone would, would, would agree with that well i'm gonna bang the drum with hollywood folks uh, on that one <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit more just movies in general i can remember watching some of your initial vlogs and i believe there were kind of like you know movie posters on the wall around your house um here and there maybe even in the garage i i i, I, don't, even, I don't quite can't quite place it like what what, yep. what makes a, a um a, a, an individual film sort of poster worthy for you like what you know when when does it reach that level of uh of fandom well for me it's yeah so i mean you you can see it pretty much all over my vlogs now um but yeah my my garage is is decked out in in film posters um and i have them framed and you know like i try to make them look nice um but the big things are are movies that i love movies that i would say are like in my top 10 of all time and um particularly you know they have to be movies that my wife also kind of kind of likes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um but you know like my wife and i first bonded over super nerdy stuff like our first 10 conversations were about the hobbit movies and you know the the world token or Tolkien kind of <laughs> kind of created and so you you know, we have a Lord of the Rings poster um, in there, and then next to that we have a Harry Potter poster because we're both super Harry Potter nerds. Um, and then, you know, in addition to that, it's like what some of my other all-time favorite movies, like The Matrix is one. I, I, I mean, I remember seeing The Matrix at a pretty young age, and that movie just blew my mind. Um, but it can't just be a great movie. Like, it's got to be a good poster, too, because, I mean, there's some pretty awesome movies with some crappy posters. Yeah. So – so, you know, like one of one of my favorite posters is the I believe it's the one. Yeah, it's it's the Captain America, the Winter Soldier poster. Mm-hmm. A lot of people a lot of people actually tell me that I look like Bucky and it's definitely just the haircut. <laughs> I, mean, I have like roughly the same. I have like roughly the same haircut as him. And I guess I kind of have a square jaw kind of like him and I have facial hair. But I mean, so we kind of look alike. But I mean, it's just a badass poster of, of Bucky, you know, holding up uh, his shield cap shield. It's pretty cool. Um, so I've got that one as well. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it, it kind of, it kind of makes me smile. Like I love every morning when I wake up and I, and I turn the lights on in my garage before I leave the house, I get to be surrounded by things that I like, things that make me happy. And I feel like I'm at home every time I either pull in or leave and, um, you know, I enjoy it. Let me ask you about Harry Potter. Um, you know, your cohort, Lily King, came on the show uh, a year or so ago. We talked Harry Potter in depth. I know her, her fandom in and out. What's what's the biggest? I know, and you two training together. What's the biggest sort of debate slash argument that you two have about the characters, the story, anything in the Harry Potter universe? Oh well, Lily and I. I mean, that's one of the first things we really started to bond over a few years ago when 
when we both learned that each other liked Harry Potter. Um, we argue about what house we think each other should be in. Um, <laughs> you, you know, like I oftentimes like to like to claim that Lily would be a Hufflepuff because she's extremely clumsy despite what she says. She's extreme. <laughs> like, I mean, Lily has like these. I mean, we're both breaststrokers, but Lily has true breaststroker feet. So for the listeners out there who don't know, um, she her ankles just bow out like a duck very naturally. <laughs> and, and it allows her to kick breaststroke really well. But it also causes her to be pretty clumsy, which she doesn't like people to know. And um, and she's also just really goofy. And so, like, I, I, I like to joke that she would be in Hufflepuff. Um, but she claims that she's too smart and also too evil. So she claims that she would be in Slytherin. Um, <laughs> and I actually I actually think that she's taken the official Pottermore test um, online. And I do think she's actually a Slytherin, so, so there's that. But we, we argue about that. Like we, it's more like a, it's more like a jokey, playful. You know, we, we pick at each other. So that's probably the, the biggest thing. How do the movies hold up um, for you versus the books? If you've, I, I'm assuming you you're you you're a book yeah. completist, and I'm just wondering yeah. like which which part of the movie because because you look at the first one versus you know where it went when yeah. Quran signed on to where it ultimately finished. The tonality right. the tonality is totally different. So yeah. how do you compare I mean, and contrast? The, I think they did. I mean, I grew so. I, I mean, I remember my mom taking me to the very first Harry Potter movie in theaters, and I was ten years old. So I lit. I grew up like my whole teenage years were going to these movies and reading these books as they came out. And I think overall they did a great job. I think, um, as you said, the tones kind of shifted. Um, the tones shifted as the movies progressed, and um, like the first few Christopher Columbus movies, I mean, you could really tell like that's those are catered towards a really really young audience. Um, and then and then as the kids got older, I mean, it got darker. And I think that there's so the books are so rich with subject matter to mine from, but I think that they did a good job overall. Um, picking the best pieces and really staying true to what the books really were and what they really meant. Um, so, like, I never had any like big fundamental issues with what they chose to do in the movies. I mean, I, I loved them. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my my favorite one is probably Prisoner of Azkaban. If I had to pick mm-hmm. one, um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think Fair. that's the turning point. For, I mean, clearly for the for the movies, but I just think story wise, it's really tight. It's interesting. I like that it's it's not just another you know trot out Voldemort for like an episodic adventure, and it really I, yeah. I think it builds into the mythos of what's happening in that universe pretty effectively. Oh, totally. I completely agree. Completely agree. What else? I mean, how would you quantify your love of sort of mainstream blockbuster with, you know, it's a strange time in, in Hollywood because of the Netflix, Netflixification of it. And, and, and as, as more big studios lean into the, the blockbusters, we're seeing independent film kind of, you know, still existing, but taking new forms, finding um, new places. How do you balance, you know, seeing the, the big mainstream stuff with all the other uh, things that might capture your attention? Well, I think we live in a, I mean, we kind of live in what is going to be looked at as like kind of the golden age of comic book cinema. And I think it's a, it's a good time for just movies in general, because all of those, let's call them the, the Oscar bait, you know, the, the award contender type of films that don't typically get seen by a large audience. I think like with the rise of streaming services like Netflix and Hulu, it will permit more people to see them. And I think that that's kind of what we're, we're going to see, you know, like people see that there are films not for best picture, um, but they're playing at the theater and people are like, ah, I don't really want to go see that because that's not the type of film that draws big audiences. 
But now they see, oh, this film's nominated for Best Picture. Oh, it's on Netflix? Oh, okay. We'll, we'll just watch it at home, which is right. great. And then you have the event atmosphere films like all, all the Marvel and DC films to to really go out to the theaters. So, I mean, I, I see it as – I think it's a great time. And I, I think – and like I said, it's definitely the golden age of comic book films. I mean the fact that we're getting – you know, four big blockbuster comic book films and, and just these two months of this year right now is amazing. I mean, we live in a glorious time. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> uh, are you a theater guy or are you an at-home guy? Oh, definitely a theater guy. I don't think I don't think anything will ever fully replace the movie-going experience. Yeah. Um, I think that, that will, there will always be a place in society for that, um, despite the fact that, um, you know, I think that the 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 overall ticket sales are have kind of gone up and down and up and down with the rise of streaming services and there being so much more content out there for people to watch. Fewer people maybe going to the theaters, but I also think that they're doing a good job of kind of combating that. Like with AMC doing their movie subscription services. I mean, you know, if you live in a big city, going to one movie is you know sometimes ten, twelve, fifteen dollars a piece. And now they have services where it's like you pay twenty dollars a month, you can see virtually. I mean, close to as many movies as you possibly would want to see. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Um, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm both. I mean, I have a nice home theater system. Um, but I also, you know, I mean, Ali and I, we go to the theater all the time. I mean, I'll never stop going to the theater. Yeah. Well, hey, to, to kind of close out, I want to ask you quickly about your, your vlog and, and, and your sure. YouTube presence. Because when I saw this hit, um, I was pretty excited. I, I've always been, as someone who works in and around sports and, and communications, yeah. I think more athletes should be uh, talking directly to their fans, should be dabbling in this type of multimedia mm-hmm. content. And it does seem, and I always, I can always sniff out who's like, kind of doing it but really it's like their handlers and who's like right. embracing it and and you seemed yeah. to from day one embrace uh the overall sort of vlogging mentality you're going to put everything out there you were going to connect with your fans you were going to be interactive right. show them right. behind the scenes of your world so what what drew you into that world and how did you start to develop your voice in that first year i mean i didn't re- expect this to turn into what it is and it's like i said i'm a big film fan and i, I wanted to learn how to edit film and I had this idea of making like a short film, like a short swimming film. Um, and then I kind of I stumbled upon vlogging in the YouTube world. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Maybe I'll just make a vlog. And, and I just made one. And it did really well. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll make a couple more. And then, then it kind of evolved into me making you know one a week. And, and it's really grown into something that I never really expected. But uh, I mean, the biggest thing for me, it's like I look at it and it's like, you know, when I was a little kid growing up as a swimmer, I would have died to see my idols, you know, all, like have their virtually like their own little TV show where they walk you through swim workouts. Like I wanted yeah. to know what Olympic swimmers were doing. And that's kind of what I've done. Right. I've, I've learned I've taken my skills of editing film and, and filming things and, and kind of combined that with taking people into my world of elite level swimming training. Um, and I think that really resonates with my audience. And then I also just, you know, I, it was weird. Like, like, as you said, I kind of just went for it from the get go, but I mean, it, it took time to kind of get used to just like holding a camera in front of myself in public. Like it's still kind of weird, dude. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you just kind of, you just kind of got to get over it. Like it just is what it is, but. Or filming I mean, yeah, yourself, so. like putting the camera down so you can film yourself entering and leaving buildings. Exactly. I mean, exactly. People, <laughs> people who don't know me are like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, like you always look weird. And it's all, I always think about it, like, when I'm doing it, I'm like, it'll be worth it. It's worth it for the shot. Do it for the shot. It looks cool. 
Because, I mean, the, the audience and the viewers don't see it like that. They just see it as, like, you know, it's, it's just a, a continuous storytelling narrative. And you try to keep it as engaging as possible. Yeah. And having those cool cutaway scenes makes it makes it more engaging. And you and you embrace sort of the, um, you know, the, the Casey Neistat, you know, uh, you know immersive yeah. vlog style yeah. in terms of it wasn't just you quick cutting, uh, talking into camera and describing your day. You were, I'm going to bring you along for the ride. Right. Right. Um, visually, like, you know, just how did you, how did that develop your, uh, appreciation for filmmaking kind of to tie these threads together? Because you, you, as someone who's kind of capturing your day, you're, you're playing producer, you're kind of, uh, forecasting right. the editing and, and how you're going to get the right beats for the narrative. Like how has this opened your eyes to a different side of, of, of movies and filmmaking? It's just giving me a grander appreciation for, filmmaking as a whole particularly the power of editing because i'd heard this saying before but i didn't realize the power of it until i learned how to edit film myself and that is a a good editor can make a terrible actor look decent (laughs) and a bad editor can make a great actor look terrible which is which i like i mean i heard that before and i was like okay yeah that kind of makes sense but now that i'm like I'll, i'll like for example i'll rant for like five minutes and i'll go in like seven different directions and then I can go ahead in post, edit myself down, and and I look like a genius. And I'm like, dang, I look great, but I'm actually kind of an idiot who was just rambling for five minutes. But I kind of made it make sense. So I think my appreciation for <laughs> just editing in general has has grown tremendously. I would say. So what's in store for the pod? What any 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 teases to future topics or things like that? Well, uh, I mean, I can say nothing is off limits. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we will be there. we have a whole slew of topics. I'm not exactly sure what's coming next. Um, and then you know I, I'm just I'm really excited about it. We're dropping one every week. I think we're trying to do ten. We're doing it in seasons because the way the way we do yeah. it is I mean with me traveling and training and swimming and doing all my other stuff. Um, we're trying to work it out so that we you know we can try to keep as many episodes flowing at, at the same time as possible. So. Um, but I mean, we're going on episode four of season one. I think we're shooting for 10 episodes this first season. And I mean, we're going to keep doing it. I mean, I love it. Like I said, I love doing stuff that's, you know, just outside of swimming. So it's done yeah. pretty great. I mean, but with like two to three training sessions a day, how do you even stay awake to watch movies? Dude, I try to just go to bed as early as I can, honestly. <laughs> it's early as possible. That's like that's 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 the key. That's the key. <laughs> well, hey man, it's been great. I, I really appreciate making time. I wish you yep. nothing but the best with all all these various projects and I'm really excited to see the uh, you know er, the, to see the podcast going way up the charts on on iTunes, man. That's great. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. Appreciate it. Just one big jump shot. One big jump shot. Or you might be all cash money. So try to maintain and refrain from the strength. And don't get lost in the salt. Don't get caught up in it. Life's just one big jump shot. One you big the jump shot. Or you might be all. So try to maintain and refrain from the strength. And don't get lost in the salt. And we are back. In the sports world, athletes, coaches, media, they all do really really interesting things and then we the fans <laughs> we the fans tell them stop being interesting uh, you're being a distraction get back to watching game film that's ridiculous life is just work and the things that distract us from work so on this show I try to end every week by celebrating locker room distractions and sharing what's been distracting me this week lots of kids lots of work not a ton of free time to be into uh, into my own world Outside of, you know, making this podcast for you, loyal listeners. One thing I did pick up, though, is a book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And you guys know, if you, if you listen to the show, you know my passion for true crime. I'm a big, I'm a big murderino. I'm my favorite murder fan. I like true crime. I read Bill James's true crime book. Um, 
you know, years ago. By the way, Bill James, who I've desperately tried to get on to this podcast to talk about Jean Benet Ramsey's murder and the Zodiac, and have yet to be successful at. But this is a book from Michelle McNamara, the late Michelle McNamara. She's the woman who, as the book jacket says, obsessively searched for who we know as the Golden State Killer. And this is a really kind of complicated story, but the Golden State Killer as an entity we understand now in hindsight, but it was not understood that way when these crimes were going on. For years in like Northern California and Sacramento, there was what they called the original Night Stalker, I believe it was. Um, and uh, this was someone who was breaking in, terrorizing uh, communities, uh, engaging in uh, sexual assaults and murders and horrible stuff. And then what she started to piece together was that this was part of a larger pattern and that uh, there were other incidents happening downstate or all over that she connected under this guise of this is a, 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 a not just a series of incidents in one community, but this is actually a statewide uh, criminal that we have never caught. And then she unfortunately passed away uh, and the book came out and it was this big phenomenon. But then they found this guy like they did uh, genetic testing or uh, another research and they just they, they, they nabbed this or allegedly who this guy is. They nabbed him. Uh, he's going to trial or, or whatever it is right now. But to me, I, I, I'm just getting started on the book, but I, I find the story fascinating that here was this outsider, this woman who was convinced that these these small uh, clues were, were painting a much larger, broader, scarier picture and just wouldn't let it go. So I, I, I can really warm to that as someone who has always not only just been into true crime, but just appreciates the side hustle, you know, the, the people who are just uh, out there, uh, you know, uh, trying something they're passionate about, never letting up until they, they take it as far as they can take it. And unlike me, who maybe just reads uh, Reddit boards <laughs> from very amateur wannabe investigators, here's a woman who went out, did the, did the work, did the research, did the writing, and, uh, and hopefully has, uh, has brought someone to, uh, to justice for their crimes. So, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. Check it out. Uh... And you'll probably be finished with it before me because my kids are on spring break and we have no time. But what are you going to do? All right. That is our show for this week. So we're going to end with some shout outs. I want to shout out Cody Miller. Why don't you, I want to tell everybody, go follow Cody on social media. On Twitter, he's at Swim Miller. On Instagram, I believe it's just Cody Miller. His vlog, Cody Miller's Adventure. Uh, Cody Miller... Cody Miller Adventures, I believe it's what the working title is, but people just kind of know it as Cody Miller's vlog. Go check those out. If you're a swimmer or your your, your kid is a is a uh, aspiring swimmer, Cody does a great job talking about the life, the ins and outs, odds and ends of being a, a high caliber uh, swimmer. He goes through workouts, he gives tips, but it's also just a fascinating glimpse into who this guy is, what drives him, what he's passionate about. Uh, highly recommended. Really think uh, you know you'll enjoy it if you go check it out. And uh, you know, shout out to all my other guests to date: Molly Knight, uh, Sirit Sohi, Trevor Price, all the ones from the last season of of solo shows. We'll keep coming back. I appreciate everyone following us at Just Not Sports on Twitter, Just Not Sports on Instagram. You know, you can hear us on Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You already know that because you're listening to the show. I don't know why I'm doing this out loud unless you literally are going to teach yourself how to edit, carve that piece up where I shout out where you can listen to this, and then you're going to share that with other people. Maybe put it on a thumb drive and mail it to someone and say, hey, if you want to know how to listen to this podcast, uh, here you go. So if you did that, thank you very much. And if you didn't, I promise not to tell you how to listen to a show you're already listening to. <laughs> All right. 
that is the show for this week. We'll be back soon. And in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal, booty rappers, stay booty. Now.